Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Thuan was a Catholic bishop in Saigon, which is now known as Ho Chi Minh City. He was a bishop there and he was imprisoned for his faith back in 1975 by the communist government of Vietnam. He spent the next 13 years of his life in prison, nine of them in complete isolation. I can't imagine it. I was in one room for two solid weeks after my shoulder surgery and I almost went crazy. This man, nine years. Extraordinary. He says that he survived the horrors of that experience through prayer and by secretly saying Mass whenever he could with a very small piece of bread and a few drops of wine. When he was finally expelled from Vietnam in 1991, he was welcomed with open arms by our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II at the time, in Rome. And the Pope gave him a job in one of the church offices there, one of the offices in the Roman Curia. The Pope made him a cardinal in 2001, and Cardinal Van Tuan died in 2002. However, in 2000, the Jubilee year, the Holy Father asked then Archbishop Van Tuan to preach the spiritual exercises to him and to the members of the Curia. This is a yearly event in Rome. It's like a mini-retreat for the Curia and the Holy Father. These talks that Archbishop Van Tuan gave were later published in a book. You can get it online. It's an excellent book called Testimony of Hope. I read it a couple of years ago. I mention it this morning because in the second talk of the series, Archbishop Van Tuan makes a very shocking statement. But it's also a very meaningful statement, properly understood, which can help us to understand a little more fully the awesome, beautiful mercy of God, which is what we are focusing on in the Church, Divine Mercy Weekend. Here are his words. The Archbishop wrote, I left everything to follow Jesus because I love the defects of Jesus. I left everything to follow Jesus because I love the defects of Jesus. It sounds like heresy, does it not? <laughs> and Archbishop Van Tuan knew that, but I can assure you it's not heresy. We all know Jesus was sinless. That's a clear teaching of the Bible and of our Catholic faith, and the Archbishop accepted that teaching wholeheartedly. He went on in the talk to explain the meaning of his words. And he does that by giving several examples, several examples of defects that he has found in Jesus Christ. None of which, by the way, says or even implies that Jesus ever sinned. So we can clear the Archbishop of the heresy charge immediately. I'll mention three of these defects in my homily today because they all tie in beautifully with this theme of mercy. Defect number one, according to Archbishop Van Tuan, Jesus Christ has a terrible memory. Thank God. What does he mean by that? 
Well, he means that the Lord not only forgives when we truly repent of our sins, he also forgets our sins. The Gospels are full of examples of this phenomenon, the good thief, the woman caught in adultery, the prodigal son, Simon Peter, lest we forget. He committed some terrible sins on Holy Thursday, denying that he even knew Jesus. Saul of Tarsus, the great persecutor of the Christians in the early church, who later became St. Paul. And on and on the list goes. Now let me make one explanatory remark here. When we say that Jesus Christ forgets our sins, it does not mean that he no longer knows what we did. Of course he knows. Jesus is God, and God knows everything past, present, and future. He knows all the sins we haven't even committed yet in our lives. Biblically speaking, forgetting means that the sin we've committed and repented of and been forgiven for no longer comes between us and God. Ever. God makes sure of it. Of course he still knows that we did it, but now it's out there, out of sight, so to speak. And that's where it stays. Now, if we're honest about it, we will admit that this is not always the way we deal with one another. Because we are not perfect, we are weak and imperfect, we might forgive somebody and put their sin over there, out of sight, so to speak, for a period of time. But then, if they make the mistake of hurting us again, we might choose to bring that old sin back up and even throw it in their face. You're at it again. I knew you hadn't really changed. I remember what you did to me all those years ago. You're the same rotten person now that you were back then. You can even do this with your spouse, right? Honey, I thought you had forgiven me. I did, but I didn't forget. Today on this Mercy Sunday, we should say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your terrible memory. Help us to be better at following your example. The second defect of Jesus that Archbishop Van Tuan mentions in his talk is this one. He says, Jesus Christ does not know math. He doesn't know math. Now, I know we have some young people here present. Please do not try to use this as an excuse for not doing your math homework in the future. Do not say to your parents, but mom, but dad, Jesus was bad at math too. It's not going to fly with mom or dad or your math teacher in school because school book math is not what the archbishop is talking about here. He is talking about soul math, and that's different. The point he's making is that to Jesus Christ, each and every human soul is equally precious and valuable. Before God, your soul is just as valuable as mine. Your soul, believe it or not, is just as valuable to Jesus Christ as the Holy Father's soul is. 
This should help us to understand the famous parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus talks about a shepherd who leaves 99 of his sheep in the wilderness to go in search of the one that's lost. The Archbishop refers to that parable in his talk, and he explains it in this way. He says, for Jesus, one is equal to 99, and perhaps more. See, he doesn't know math. One is equal to 99. I hope you find that to be a consoling thought. I certainly do. Because if we are not the one sheep that's lost right now, we very easily could be at some point in the future. All it takes is one bad, mortally sinful choice. It's good to know, it's consoling to know that the mercy of Jesus is always there for us. No matter what we've done, whenever we are that lost sheep, which brings us to the last defect of Jesus that I'll share with you today, according to Archbishop Van Tuan. The Archbishop says, Jesus Christ does not know logic. He has a terrible memory, doesn't know math, and he doesn't know logic either. Here the Archbishop makes reference to the parable about the woman with the ten silver pieces who loses one of them. It's in Luke 15. The Bible says that when she finally finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors over for a big party. And she says to them, rejoice with me because I have found this silver piece that I lost. In commenting on this story in his talk, the Archbishop says, this is truly illogical. To disturb your friends over one silver piece and then to plan a feast to celebrate the find. Well, that's true, Archbishop. It is not humanly logical, but as you indicate in your talk, it's what might be called divinely logical. It's the same kind of logic that motivated the Good Shepherd to go looking for that lost sheep. So it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus ends the parable of the silver pieces with almost the exact same words that he ends the parable of the lost sheep with. He says, just so I tell you, there is more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the mercy that flows from your divine logic, mercy that's available to each of us and to every repentant human person. Mercy that was experienced in a powerful way by Thomas the Apostle on the Sunday after Easter. We heard about that a few moments ago in that Gospel reading from John 20. This was a moment of Thomas experiencing mercy from his, from his Savior. In fact, you could make a very good case that the only reason, the only reason Jesus made this appearance in the upper room seven days after his resurrection was to find Thomas. He came to find his lost sheep, who was guilty of the sin of unbelief. He didn't believe his Lord had risen from the dead, even after the other apostles told him. See, he didn't have to appear for the other ten. They already believed. They already were convinced he was alive. And here's another lesson that we find here about mercy. Mercy is very often a consoling experience. But sometimes before we experience that mercy, the Lord has to unsettle us a little bit. Which is what happened to Thomas here. 
This had to be a terribly unsettling experience. Can you ma imagine how he felt putting his fingers in those nail holes and his hand into Jesus' side? In fact, it doesn't say this explicitly in the Bible, but I don't even think he looked. I'll bet he did it just like this. And who could blame him? But once he had been forgiven for his unbelief, it was over. Done. Finito. Basta. Whatever you want to call it. Now Thomas probably remembered his sin vividly for the rest of his life, for obvious reasons. But the Lord Jesus completely forgot about it. In the sense that he never allowed it to come between him and Thomas again. It was done. And how do we know that? Well, what do we call Thomas today? Saint Thomas, right? He became a saint. He repented of his sin, renewed his faith. And in the process, he brought out the beautiful defects of Jesus that Archbishop Van Tuan talked about and experienced his mercy. Believe it or not, my brothers and sisters, we do the very same thing whenever we are truly sorry for our sins and make a good, thorough confession. We allow Jesus Christ to be for us what he was for Thomas 2,000 years ago and what he wants to be for everybody. An illogical, terribly forgetful, mathematically challenged dispenser of divine mercy. That's who Jesus is. And that's what he wants to be for everyone. Please remember that, especially if you have not confessed your sins in confession for a good long time, or if you've neglected to confess some serious sins from the past that you know deep down inside you really do need to confess. <laughs>